Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight we take our look at the weekend's headlines, play Testone, talk cricket with the man in Devon and catch it with Newark Town's boss after yet another pre-season victory. Jason Roy has been named in England's test squad for the first time for the match against Ireland at Lords, which starts next week. Roy scored 443 runs as an opener in England's triumphant World Cup campaign, but is not a regular top-order batsman in the red ball game. Some say all-rounder Lewis Gregory has also been called up for the first time, and England's leading test wicket-taker James Anderson is included, despite having a calf injury earlier in the month. England are all but through to the Netball World Cup semi-finals after a 72-46 win over Trinidad and Tobago. Um, by my reckoning, they're going to end up playing New Zealand in the um, semi-finals. A couple of results got to go that way, but uh, the um, good coach of the Neville clan looks like um, it's going to be at least a semi-final. But of course, today is the opening day of the 148th Open Championship at Royal Port Rush, you and me, <laughs> Ireland. Um, last night, Mr. Smith bounded in with his betting slip um, and informed me for some mysterious reason that he'd bet on Rory Underwood to win. When I explained to him that he was actually a rugby player, ah, no, not him, the other one, McElroy. And of course, he took an eight on the first hole and he's finished with a wonderful 79 would you believe mind you it could be worse um Deval, the the um american took 13 on one hole which apparently is a snowman because it's eight over par you learn something new every day how's the betting going on mr smith he can <clears throat> currently get 500 to one on rory and what did you get eight to one it doesn't change then when it changes. I know I'm not a betting man, but you obviously... When he's walking down the 18th on Sunday evening, people say, do you remember his first day? It's a miracle that he's won this. Yeah, you see? It's all about fairy tales tonight. I had to have a chuckle to myself when I was um, listening to that um, story. Um, it was so excited that... Um, it re- I mean, you know, I thought a bet was somebody where you don't go after the favourite every time. Every time you bet, you bet on the national and you lost your slip. You're yeah. betting on the you're betting on the favourite every time. That's not brave, is but, it? But I got the money back from the Grand National. I don't think I'll be seeing that <coughs> pound again with the golf. Former Nottingham Forest and Norwich player Grant Holt. Remember we talked about him oh, in yeah. the past, haven't we? He, he signed on again for a non-league Roxham. Uh, is it last season? Uh, of course, he, as you well know, is the current holder of the Crush Mason Memorial Trophy. He was the last wrestler standing in a 40-man <laughs> Royal Rumble. Yeah. He's the sort of player that could play for Flow Serve. <laughs> Not now they've got Simbins. 
Okay. Wait, we've got a big one. <laughs> Kuwait, the world's 156th best um, footballing nation, took on 8th tier Marlow FC in a friendly at Bisham Abbey on Friday. And the Buckinghamshire club, who play in the Ishman League South Central Division, managed a credible 3-2 defeat against a side that reached the World Cup in 1982. It's not bad going, is it? I thought Scotland might have got a mention tonight in the netball story. No. 43-all draw. A 43-all draw, is that netball or football? Netball. No, it's not football, they never score 43. It could be with Scotland's defence, but no, it's netball, and... Um, got a creditable 43-all draw and they had to play two teams as well. Are they still in it then? Trinidad and Tobago. Are they still in it? No, but I think we can still finish 12. Oh, wow. Well, there you go then. There might have to be a playoff for 12. They might well do. Right, Newtown played last night. There was a way to Lincoln Morelands and they come out of it with a very creditable 2-1 victory and uh, we are following both Flow Save and Tan all the way this season. Um... So um, it's going to be time to talk to Damo, and that's what Tony's disappeared to do now. Next week, Tuesday night, James Brinkat Smith is coming in to talk about his trip to Japan, and he's going to bring his bronze medal, his world bronze medal in the powerlifting. He's bringing that one along, and then a little bit of a special for you on Wednesday night, which is sport-related, shall we say? The leader of Newark and Sherwood District Council, Councillor David Lloyd, is making a return visit to Sport HQ to talk all things from children's play areas, which seems to be the topic of the moment, to the stadium on Elm Avenue, to the houses that's going up around Lowfields. There's lots and lots that Councillor Lloyd is going to discuss with Tony and myself next Wednesday night. But before Councillor Lloyd, Damo Parkinson. And Damo, welcome back, second time this week. Um, but we said we was going to follow Newark, Tan and Flosev all the way, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, a trip to Lincoln Moorlands, always a difficult trip. Um, old friends for you, Damo, but another win. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, nice to go back, to be fair. There's a lot of new faces, but um, a lot of old faces from, yeah, my time there six, seven years ago. Talk as, um, I mean, it was a match that was almost arranged at the, the last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, it was dinner time. Obviously, we decided that we weren't going to play at home because obviously we've got other teams to consider on um, Elm Avenue. Uh, on YMCA, sorry. Um so we called that game off at home um, but yeah 12 o'clock uh, the day before we arranged it and it was a decent standard of friendly so they won their step 7 league which is equivalent to us um, but didn't get the application in to get promoted so in theory we were playing against a step 6 team so good test that proves one thing how important it is to uh, have a secretary and the decisions that um, are made and work don't they because the season can hinge on what the secretary does or doesn't do yeah 100% cause, I mean they've now got to go and win a league they've won but there's new teams in there and as you know like us teams change players change so it's not necessarily the case they're going to get promoted uh, this year it's not um Anyway, uh, a 2-1 victory. Who scored your goals and talk us a little bit through the match? Um, oh, trying to think now. <laughs> I did 24 hours. Already looking forward to uh, uh, <coughs> Saturday. But it was a bit of a funny one. We got it down and played a little bit. We had 
too many players probably we're trying to give lads a chance but we probably carried one or two too many and we played three thirties so it was a little bit a little bit bitty for us to be honest um, but we we went one nil up um, great link up player I mean our forward three or four players once they got on the ball and they start moving it one two touch it's nice to sit back um, we then dropped off a little bit when we made 11 changes um, at the break they, they nicked one went straight back up the other end got a pen and scored and to be honest after that it turned into a bit of a uh, a kicking match to be fair <laughs> we, we tried to play um, and we were getting elbows and late tackles and, and all kinds of things but it was a good test because it's something we've not faced uh, so far this pre-season well I mean that is it's good that that comes because you know when you start playing the colliery sides from South Yorkshire you know they're not going to just wave you past them are they no, and also, it gives, we, we know most of the lads, um, we've seen all of them play, so we know how good they are on the ball, but actually sometimes you, you learn a bit about the coach. It's nice on a sunny night against Lincoln United, on a flat 3G pitch from the 220 people, that's lovely, that's nice to play on. On a slightly bobbly uh, pitch, away we know I'm watching with a team trying to kick you, that's different. Yes, you have to stand up and be counted then, don't you? Um, I think it's going to be um, a tough one for you at the weekend, and this will—this is the one that you will see where you are. Uh, not necessarily, because um, again, we, we, we've got a few a few new lads in one or two after obviously getting uh, knocked about a bit um, midweek. There's one or two that are going to be uh, unavailable through injury, but they're a very very good side. So what it will tell me is how good the squad is, not necessarily how good we are I think it would be potentially the, the Spalding United home game and the games for Trinity home game that tell us a bit more about where we where we are that's pretty much what Steve Kirkham was telling us last night you, you, you get into the stage now where you've got to be thinking what you go with when the season starts and you've got to give those lads a, that group a go haven't you yeah and it's hard because obviously pre-season's getting stupidly earlier and earlier I mean we, we've had to because we've got a match of teams but we've got a certain way of playing um, and unfortunately pre-season lads are away lads are on holiday lads are working so you do get through a lot of players like closely they signed, signed some new lads they're new to the club we've obviously signed a lot of new players from last year so we, we're trying to weed a few out but there's still some that we've only seen play twice in a game so it's very difficult it is. It, it's very odd. I mean, it, it's all getting ridiculously long, Damo, isn't it? I mean, you know, starting to play early July and your season starts the first, well, flow saves the first, yours the second week in August. It's it's crazy. Yeah, unfortunately, because we're we're bottom of the food chain as such, if, if teams of the standard are linking United and Spalding and, and teams like that are then asking you um, to play them, you've got to play them. If they'd have asked us to play last week of June, we'd have played it because it's a fantastic game for us. It's a fantastic game for the town, and it's great for our players. So we're we're kind of following what others are doing, unfortunately. But what I can't understand, and particularly I can't understand with the Central Midlands League, who have this fascination that you've got to have floodlights in the Step Seven League, and then give you a couple of home matches, at, you know, a couple of matches in in nine months at home. But you're starting. <laughs> I, I just find it ridiculous. If you got to have them, use them. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, it, it, 
obviously they could do away but for lads they want to play under the lights don't they you know it's, it's always That's much better player playing under the lights the atmosphere just I just used to really enjoy it so yeah it just seems after cramming them in cramming yeah. it, I know I know. five years ago there was a lot of games called off at the back end of the season but that hasn't happened now for a few years the weather's no. fairly stable isn't it it's all, it's all. Anyway, um, trip from Nottingham on Saturday and um, <coughs> a phone call from us on Monday night. Perfect, look forward to speaking to you. All right, thanks, Damo. Cheers, bye. Cheers, bye-bye. <coughs> it does wind me up, though, Tony. I, I mean, I can understand you've got to have floodlights if, if step five where flow so far, you kick off at three o'clock in the wind. That's okay, that's all well and good. You don't have to have them in the not senior league, which is step seven. You do have to have them in the central Midlands, which is step seven. And then you get allocated 2-0 matches at night time why to make you have the damn things use them I, I, th- I just <coughs> think that the fixture list is, is, is very badly done because um, you get so m- you, you start so early if you've got floodlights start in September yeah play night matches what is it about I mean I love watching and to my awful ability playing under floodlights but go to a night match under floodlights we used to go to forest it was just it's so much different than kicking off at three o'clock on a saturday afternoon it's, just, it's a different atmosphere it's just a totally different world and i've only ever played on one football league ground in my life and it was at sinsel bank and uh, we played under the floodlights at sinsel bank it was a lincoln city vice president's 11 versus bbc radio lincolnshire 11 and as a, as a young lad, I was working for the BBC at Radio Links, and it was brilliant. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was my World Cup final. It's just completely, completely different atmosphere. And talking of things that's completely different, uh, we're building up to a, a bout of Test Tony. Well, at least every first night until Christmas when we've been round everybody once. Um, actually died last week. Died last Friday, Tony. Jack Bond. Lancashire cricketer. And? And? Come on. Lancashire. And? And England. You no. Know, where did he go when he re- left Lancashire? Don't know. Nottinghamshire. Did he? Yeah. It, was known <coughs> as, it was known as Flat Jack. Mm. Um... Right, I'm off right ball very, very low, hence his nickname. But I didn't realise he came to Nottingham. He came to Nottingham. He was captain at Nottingham for a, a, a fair time when really? Lancashire, when Lancashire decided they didn't want him anymore. Oh dear, I didn't know that. Um, born on the 15th of July 1939 and made the headlines in 1997. Tony Bullimore. I think I might have got you on this I think you have, because um, I've heard the name, but I couldn't associate him with... And I wouldn't even pick him for the Invincibles with Don Bradman in 1948. Right, we'll leave that one, and we'll see if I can get one over Mr Edgington. 16th of July, 1945. (laughs) Sorry? Cricketer, then. (laughs) Barry Duddleston. Leicestershire uh, batsman. Um... And, um, I don't really do any more than that with him. I think he's probably more famous for being an umpire. Ah. So, obviously, obviously, he went on to be... I always used to get him confused with Chris Balderston. Well, let's be honest, you get Rory Underwood confused with Rory Yeah, <laughs> but I'd still say Rory Underwood would have been the better bet for the golf. Same day, 1946, John Hollins. Uh, 
Chelsea. <laughs> 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 Chelsea midfield player. And obviously, like the rest of them, you know, a foul and <laughs> a nasty person. 1973, Sean Pollock. South Africa. Um, All-rounder. Um, can't work out whether that's... Is it his dad or the son, is Pollock? He's the son. Sean is the son. He's the son. Yeah, I, I, I know there was two of them of uh, South African yeah. cricket. 17th of July, um, 1941. Probably the world's greatest ever understudy, Bob Taylor, wicketkeeper for Derbyshire, and and, uh, and and as you said, number two for England. Yeah. He was just very unlucky that he played the game at a time when uh, there was a lot of outstanding wicketkeepers. <laughs> you see, this is the argument again, isn't it? Because Alan Knott was the one that was yeah. got the gloves because he was a better batsman. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Bob could... Taylor. They say. Yeah, better what, keeper. What was the better keeper? Now, yeah. I'm not knocking Alan not, but if you've got to pick a wicketkeeper because he's the better batsman, you ain't got a lot of faith in your batsman. No, I mean, it, the, Alex Stewart made a career of it, didn't he, as a, behind the sticks? Yeah. You know, because he was uh, primarily... A damn good batsman. A superb batsman, yeah. Um, 1972, Yapstam. Well, you know, it's obviously Manchester United, but... Um, he um, apparently um, fell out with with Fergie because of a book he published and was uh, shipped off to Lazio. But I don't think it was so much the book he published as Fergie thinking he's reached his sell by date. Off you go. We'll find an excuse so we don't upset people because he was a popular figure, <coughs> yeah, amongst the players and the supporters at Old Trafford. But um, I think I think it was another brilliant piece of Fergie management, but was painted badly by the club. Now even you, even you, can't get this one wrong. Rory Underwood, the 18th oh. of July, 1848. Yeah, W. G. Grace. I've heard he played a bit of cricket, but um, he also cheated a heck of a lot because uh, he, uh, he he ran Gloucestershire, uh, and uh, he was actually a doctor and, and well respected. But he also put about uh, he used to double the gate, whatever it was, and so therefore people you know used to disappear when if he wasn't batting, and so um, he once got bowled or the ball clipped the stump and the bales fell off and WG bent down and replaced the bales and said to the umpire that wind is picking up isn't it <laughs> and was allowed to keep batting so you know he's, he's, he's greatly remembered for his uh, for what he did for cricket but he was also the original cheating git oh well that's a that's a bit contentious about mm. one of the greatest ever cricketers mm. 1957 talking about the greatest ever the 18th of July 1957 Nick Faldo Nick Faldo he wasn't a cheat, he was just a git. <laughs> I, honestly, what an obnoxious bloke. But now he's gone on to Sky Commentary. He comes out with some quite witty things, but in the, in the early days... You know when you read somebody's autobiography, surely you cannot go wrong because you're writing about yourself. And, and even <coughs> the ghostwriter, if you're not doing it yourself, you're going to come out of a book well. Nick Faldo looked like a prat after I'd read his book. You know, it, it changed nothing in my opinion. <laughs> and, and the way he used to deal with the press, they were just being honest. They weren't picking on him. They were just being honest because he was such an idiot. And uh, you know, when he won 
I think it was in 1992 he won the Open or something and he thanked the press from the heart of his bottom. You know, I just thought, go away. Um, people that we lost in the last week, in 1989, on the 15th of July, we lost Laurie Cunningham. Ah, oh, bless him. Wonderful, wonderful footballer, unfortunately died in the car crash. Um, graced Manchester United uh, at, at one stage of his career, but obviously greatest fame as a, a member of the uh, Three Degrees at West Bromwich Albion. But with? then, ah, with Cyril Regis and oh, fullback, <laughs> fullback, Brendan. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brendan, yeah. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Batson. <laughs> Brendan, went on to do wonderful things for the PFA. Yes. But, but Laurie Cunningham uh, then signed for Real Madrid, which was a fantastic move for him, but unfortunately while I was over there, I uh, was involved in a high-speed car crash and, and, and died, but um, legendary character. Apparently he was uh, as famous for his uh, off-field antics as he was for his uh, ability on it, but... What a footballer. Wow. On the 17th of July in 2004, we lost Pat Roach. Oh, yes, I've got him. I've got him. Golfer? Got him again. That's two for Gary Edgington. No, wrong. OK, we'll come back with, to Gary on that one. Was he on Boys from the Black Stuff? No, but you're, <laughs> but you're closer than what you think. <laughs> You're closer than what you Wrestler. think. Wrestler. Yes. Ah, well ah, done, you. Ah. And the TV programme he starred in was? Um, the one where the builders go. Bomber. Alvida St. Pet. Alvida St. Pet, yeah. But yeah. Pat Roach was one of the ITV four o'clock Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Kent, yeah. Kent Walton wrestlers, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. My wife Lucy used to get a bag of sweets from the corner shop and, and, and was glued to the wrestling. And um, I um, I fell out with my dad when I got into journalism and discovered that uh, the, 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 the the three items that wrestlers have in their dressing room uh, before the contest is uh, a dressing gown, their boots, and the, also the result. <laughs> but it is still, you say it how it is. Go still, on. Still hugely entertaining, but completely rigged. And I've heard, for what it's worth, that snooker's not far off. Got on you tonight. Joe you? Johnson from Bradford won the world title, and everybody made a heck of a lot of money. Allegedly. On the moving on very swiftly. On the eighteenth of July, nineteen eighty-six, we lost Stanley Rouse. Um, the... <laughs> Be careful. The, um, a, a, a wonderful FA member and, um, a, a great servant to world football, like all FA members. Magnificent. Bastion. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Of society. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I gave up the drink. Yeah, I think it's probably <laughs> just as well. Um... <laughs> Coming up next, uh, Gary Edgington, looking back at the cricket from last week, looking forward to the cricket this week, and um, I bet he's been on his computer and he's going to answer the question, because he always has a sneaky listen beforehand. Uh, and you can have a sneaky listen to 420 of our podcasts, if you go on to the Radio Newark website, you can 420 hours, I wonder how many days that is. It's an awful long time just listening to me and him, isn't it? Anyway, this is how you do it. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. 
Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony. Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Okay, first tonight we're going to bring um, Gary Edgington um, all the way from Devon into the conversation and Tony's just asked me one of the most stupid questions he's ever asked me. <laughs> yes, you cannot have that, Tony. We'll come back to that one in a moment. Okay, okay just hold that one for a moment because Gary Edgington... Um, on the 15th of July 1939 Tony Bullimore was born he c- come to fame one day in 1997 Tony has failed miserably assuming you've not cheated for a change do you know something keeps saying to me cycling Tony Bullimore 97, but we weren't any good at cycling in 97. Okay, you've both failed miserably. Put me out of my misery. Right. <coughs> On the, uh, in 1997, Tony Bullimore was taking part in the round of world yacht race. That's the one, And yeah. his yacht capsized in the middle of the South Atlantic, halfway between Australia and the United States. And the whole world waited while the Australian Navy took about four days to get to him and he survived in an air pocket. Yeah? In his in his yacht in his in his capsized yacht. There was an air pocket and his head was just above the South Atlantic and he survived for four days. That's when so, cycling was dangerous. Coney Bullimore <laughs> um, <laughs> shot to fame in uh, Nineteen ninety-seven. Or sunk to fame. <laughs> <laughs> Bad enough with him. <laughs> Tony's question to you, Gary, is: Has anybody ever taken? This is his words, not mine. A four-wicket hat trick. How you can have a four-wicket hat trick? Because hat trick is three. You know, hat trick, and then and then <coughs> he takes a fourth successive wicket. Has anybody not ever done that? Said. We had in, one in, done in the league. The, if not this week, the, prior, the week prior. But I, I just wondered if anybody had ever done that in one day international cricket. I shall. Uh, who's <laughs> ask Stephen? I'm a member of a group on uh, Facebook. Uh, normally they ask stupid questions, but I shall ask the sensible one. Yeah. I can look it up on the SP Quick Info. Right, well, well, that's then. your task. That's your task for next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your Your task for last week was simple. Travel 200-odd miles to watch a game of cricket, and then travel back home 200-odd miles again. And in between that, enjoy yourself. Um, talk us through last Saturday, Gary. Uh, well... Before I forget, I'd personally like to thank um, the people at Collingham, everybody associated with Collingham, for their hospitality during the day. Um, I, if I didn't, uh, I thanked a couple of people, but obviously 
when they just finished the game of cricket, all they wanted is a shower and a beer. But uh, So on air, thank you to everybody at Collingham for making myself and yourself so very welcome. Um, yeah, uh, what a beautiful setting for a cricket match, eh? You've, you've uh, lauded it over me for, uh, what, nearly a year now, how beautiful it was. And uh, I don't think you did it justice, mate. It's absolutely <laughs> beautiful. Um, so... Um, a great start by Boulderton a great comeback by Collingham a bit of a lull in the middle and then uh, Ben uh, chipping in with, with I believe it's his first ever century or first ever league century um, yeah a fantastic day lovely company a lot of people talking to me uh, Arthur probably never want to talk to me again but no it was a, a lovely day I think I did the slowest lap ever in Collingham history I think it must have took me 20 overs to walk around the boundary. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, two excellent innings, but very different. Uh, totally different chalk and cheese. It was interesting, Gary, today, because um, another media outlet um, in this town, not not this show, um, said Mohammed slogged his way to a century. Either I don't understand cricket, or that's wrong. Well, which... What did he... Well, I watched... I think every single run that young gentleman scored, and he, he isn't a slugger, I said it to Pipesy, the guy ain't a slugger, he's a craftsman. Um, in his placement, I think he he must have a terrific memory, because he has a lot, three or four times, uh, Boulderton moved a fielder uh, 20 or 30 yards to the run, or backwards square leg, or extra cover, and then the ball goes where the batsman has just gone from. <laughs> so, um, whoever wrote the article obviously didn't attend the match. Or they were watching, they were watching a different match than me. But, uh, didn't watch the one we watched, I know that for definite. Well, definitely not. Now, um, Ben's innings was slightly different, very patient at the start. But boy, can he hit a ball. <laughs> I think he hit three onto the main road, if I'm correct. I think there were three balls went on that main I've road. I've seen him go it. through the hedge onto the main road, but I've never seen him go over the go over the edge. Well, uh, two definitely did. Yeah. Because there was that guy... Well, we didn't have the car break, but all we heard <laughs> was shouts was, mind your car. I don't know what the guy driving the car is supposed to do if he's going on there at 40 mile an hour and he has somebody, mind your car. <laughs> but, um... But, yeah, beautiful. And as I say, uh, young Mr. Jackson in the score box, uh... uh the two guys, I forget the other guy's uh, name from Colin, but they're absolutely brilliant. They gave me the stats I needed, you know, because obviously I wanted to find out how fast Mohammed was scoring. Uh, and to say his 50 was 48. I didn't ask how the century was. Um, did you find out how many sixes? No. Forgot. So, uh, let me see if the scoreboard has recorded it while we talk. Uh, let me turn that down. Go back up. Go back up, go back up. Because if I go and play cricket, the scoreboard should be up in results. And if they've put it up correctly, I may be able to find out. Collingham versus Boulderton. It's called Boulderton's innings. Oh, Ben Ryder. No, they've not done it. Just 105, not out. So. I will I will make you effort. It's got to be 6, 7, 8, hasn't it, at least? I would say at least five, but then again, I say we didn't. I don't know what happened earlier on in the. Not a lot when we was missing. 
No, no, we didn't miss much, mate, did we? But, no, and, uh, we we had a great day, and um, it had everything because the um, the um, umpires had a um, <clears throat> had to have a talk about sledging, and the tease was nearly a disaster. But Linda saved the day, and uh, everybody was smiling. Gary, um, that was a fantastic day. Uh, the sun came out, and we all enjoyed it. What else happened to the Newark area teams last weekend? Well, listen to this. No point pausing apart from one defeat. Uh, Newark Ran- Ransom and Moles first one. Fondon first lost. Flintham did defeat Collingham twos, but that's a local derby. Cornton beat Watanas Lockton. Boulderton beat Westbridge Hordians. Newark Ransom and Moles beat Beeson and Town Sycamore. Fondon beat Hobringham. Collingham thirds beat Basted Mill. And I think on par, I know the guys from Basted Mill. They had at least four first-teamers, because they didn't have a game, and they got a few guys away. Uh, they virtually beat half a base with mill ones. And Tom Bosworth, one I told you at the start of the day, one of the best bowlers in the league from Division E down. I mean, I know he took six, but that is only a cracking scalp for Collingham threes. And finally, Newark R&M beat Kirby Portland. So in the area, we had one defeat, but, yeah, if you can't find them losing. One of the teams had to lose between Flintham and Collingham and a draw between our top two sides. So an excellent, excellent day. It wasn't bad going. Um, a quick mention, we mentioned on Monday night on the Fondon 2's game, Thomas Hill scored an, a ton and got a five That was a, an absolutely cracking day for him. And Bolton seconds are at the top of Division 8 by more than 20 points now, and that's important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was having a look at... Uh, well, their fixture will come on to fixtures in a minute. But you quite rightly say that 20 points. Um, sometime this season, you are going to find that there will be games played in one part of Nottinghamshire, but not in another because of the geographic fees. It happens every year. Now, let's say, for instance, the I'm trying to I'm just scrolling down to their division to let you know that. Clifton this weekend. Well, Clif- yeah, they've got Clifton. Clifton. Right, the, Clifton are the nearest nearest uh, challengers. They're 23 points behind. Then you drop down to Woolerton, 1-3-1. Then Ellerslie, 1-2-5. And Long Eaton, 1-2-1. One, one. All those four sides all play within a radius of about eight mile. Obviously, you've got Clifton and Ellerslie are very close. And Long Eaton and Woolerton are very close. Now, let's say the wind... And the weather normally hits south... Um, south and uh, west Not- uh, Nottinghamshire before you guys get it. It normally does come from our end. We normally send you the rubbish up. So it could be to Boulder. They've got points in the bag. Like runs in the bank, I always say, if you've got the points, no point being five five points behind with three games in hand. You've got to get them points. So I'd, <coughs> I'd love to be in Boulder in the position. Uh, uh, th- that's good. And uh, you also met... Uh the wonderful Eden Tranter as, as well on uh, your memorable trip to uh, the Newark area. Um, just leaving South Knotts cricket for a moment, but not entirely, Gary. Um, England are the World One Day champions, but uh, I've got that down as a losing draw. Hey, and we didn't get as many points as them. If exactly. If we do it on South Knotts points, New Zealand got more points than us. <laughs> so if under South Knotts rules, England would have lost that game then. Uh, hold on, hold on. No. 
Oh, it depends if we're playing Division A to C <laughs> or Division below. That's true. Okay, let's play Division A to C. We lost. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who's got it wrong? Me. <laughs> we're the world champions. <laughs> what a weekend day. As I say, you couldn't... Uh, I put on, on Facebook, if Carlsberg did weekends, they'd struggle to beat last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, an umpiring mistake... I'm talking about when the ball came in and it hit Ben Stokes' bat and went for the four. Okay, that Ben Stokes, no way that was deliberate. But they are saying now it shouldn't have been two plus four, it should have been one plus four. Well, there's an awful lot of things. If you, if you take that into account, Jopra Archer's first ball in the bowl-off shouldn't have been called a wide. I always thought it was the end of the crease where the no, line no, is. No, no, no. Come on, umpire, talk to me then. If you I, can wouldn't have <coughs> called, I wouldn't have... As an ump I've, I've umpired in our Division A and I've umpired in two in Derbyshire League, so slightly below our Division A. And I, uh, both times, tight-wise, I wouldn't have called that a wide in South Knots yeah, because it was just inside the line. If you, if, you can, if you can hit the ball with a scoring shot, it's not a wide. And also, we don't have leg wides in the South Knots League. We have tight wides in Division A to C. Oh, A, A, A to C. I don't know. He's never got to that level. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the good leagues below that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> common, common sense umpiring, in other words, Tony. Low 43. Best one of the lot. Um, so, it's... Look, we, you always need a bit of luck to win at anything. And we certainly had our look. Now, I've heard stories that Ben Stokes, and remember, his parents are born in New Zealand. He actually asked the umpire uh, at some point, could they not have took those four runs off England? And Jonathan Legman said, well, it would have changed his mindset. He would have still tried to call the last two balls to six. Yeah. So we'll never know what happened. If he was bowling 2020, they'd have gone for six. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just think, I know it provided fantastic, nerve-wracking excitement, but I still believe there's a better way of doing something like that than just one over. Interesting. Uh, How would you the best it? one would be that they lost eight wickets and we lost ten, so New Zealand should have had it. Well, know? that's what I expected, to be honest, because I always thought that's how these things was organised. Well, they... They change the rules every so often, don't they? It's very interesting, Gary, that the uh, the law that's or the rule that actually decided it, the, the most boundaries hit by uh, by England compared to New Zealand, was actually introduced by arguably the biggest crooked that ever been in cricket, Alan Stanford. Oh yeah, yeah, the guy that didn't he do have something to do with West Indies? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he actually brought in that rule that if it is tied. After a super over, then you go to who's hit the most boundaries. And I think now, though, in world cricket, everyone's now got a definite favourite second team. Because I think New Zealand just went up in every single person's yeah. estimation. The way they took that, um, A, the catch-up, Guptill was going over the boundary, then the Ben Stokes thing, and then to be denied victory when... All, all, for, the la for the last three hours of the match I just kept up we've lost this we've lost this <laughs> the only time I thought we could had a chance of winning the World Cup was when uh, Butler's hands 
were holding the ball and they broke the stumps. That's the first time in three hours I thought, I think we've won this. He did make the right move with the last ball of, of the normal game, taking it, Stokes, taking it there instead of slogging and missing, I assume. Was that, was that, I mean, it, it was a correct decision because they've won the World Cup, even though in your league they lost. Um, <laughs> so I suppose it was the right decision to, to go for the one. Do you know, because of what happened with that four, I think he knew the Super Rover was coming and maybe a bit of guilt. We'll never know, will we? No. You know? I think uh, England won the match and New Zealand won, won the hearts, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I'd settle for that happening every Sunday. Though, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you had time to do the results. Ah, if he, if he was in the catchment area... I would have opened my things. I woke up Sunday morning to find that my uh, league registrar, who I'd told I was going away for the day, uh, Craig James, had stopped in Saturday night and done all my results for me. What a diamond, eh? Really? What, a, what, what a man. <coughs> what a man. Right, um... <coughs> forecasts, heavy showers on Saturday. You get them, you miss them, but we'll see. Uh, assuming the sun is going to shine, Gary, what have we got to look forward to? Because we're getting now towards the business end, aren't we? Mm, Tell you what, the first two fixtures, if I was up in Nottingham this week, we'd be uh, switching between grounds, left, right and centre. You've got Collingham, uh, who are hoping to do the double over Clifton. So fifth place first. And Boulderton, although not as soon as casuals, won last week again, they're up to seventh. But they take it on Ellerslie. So it's... But uh, as I say, both teams will take a little bit of something from last week. I would say Boulderton, although they got less points, are probably going to go into that with a little bit more um, figure than we, they probably would have done. We, we talked to Tim Clitchin on Tuesday night, and the, the phrase that we all use was man management and professionalism. And when they joined at the start of the season and got back to... Division A was a little bit gung-ho and went for it. Now, you work out how many points you can get and go for them. The only... I mean, look, I never played at Tim's standard. The only thing, piece of advice I would offer to Tim is that we both commented on it. From 20 overs to 50 overs last week, his team went from being quite chirpy into a bunch of librarians. There was probably one or maybe two people talking. Yes. And that was the only thing. Their heads went down uh, and they did well then to reply back in the batting department because, as I say, really, <coughs> they'll probably upset with themselves. You know, having gotten two down quite early on, it was just noticeable. They, they just, it got lower and lower and lower. We, we, we said to um, Tim on Monday night, why didn't you start quicker? Answer. Have you ever tried it in David Pipes? <laughs> I thought he was going to hit me slightly, but Mr Gatting never came into the conversation. So I'll wave you that to one, didn't I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> that ball's in the same place every time from Pipes. See, and uh, you cannot score runs off it. He said, anyway, what else have we got? Right, so Farndon uh, are playing Wimeswold. And Newark Orenham, after a great victory last week, they entertain Beeston and Toton Sycamore. Uh, they're fifth and sixth, respectively. Now, Flintham still top of the table. They've got a very hard match, so they've got Young Lions. That's a, uh, a title decider, in my opinion. 
Collingham, they've got East League, uh, but at least they're at home. They haven't got to go to the dreaded pitch at East League. Worst pitch in Nottinghamshire. Boulderton, they travel away. They're at Ruddington. They're at Elms Park. Now that's they should feel quite home there because Elms Park in Ruddington is another public pitch. Yeah. But they don't half look after that one as well. So it's. Uh, uh, that'll be a good tussle there. Bolton can come away for that with another 20 points. I can see a night at Cockgrave for Bolton twos to follow up what the ones did last year. Right. Newark R&M, they're in eighth position. They need to get a win against Calverton. That'll be a, a, a tricky affair. Fondon, uh, they're in seventh. Fondon twos, I'm on about. They have got another tricky guy. We've got a lot of tricky games this week. They've got Bengal United. Um... They're hit and miss. They can be absolutely brilliant or absolutely awful. Uh, Collingham, thirds, after last week's impressive win, they've got Coddington and Winthorpe. And finally, Newark, Ransom and Miles, three, have got Watton and Aslockton, twos. My pick of the game, as you ask me to do every week, pick of the game this week, I'm going to say that after last week, the pick of... Oh, it's so hard. No, you've got to yo-yo. You've got to get to Clifton Campus to go and watch Clifton against Collingham and then cut back and watch Boulderton v. Eversley. So it's toss of a coin there. I can't decide which is the better game. And if you're stuck and you can't do that, nip to Flintham because you'll see a cracking game, between a title decided between <coughs> Flintham and the Lions. We've just got to hope for some de- decent weather. We'll send you a bit up. We'll send you a bit up. Exactly. Gary, thank you so much. No worries, boys. You have a great weekend. Yeah, and uh, you have a quieter one this weekend than last time. Okay, mate. Okay. I might visit, I might visit a certain neighbouring county this weekend. Oh, well, there you go. That's, that's going to... Don't play cricket, though, down there. Never mind. Yes, they do. Well, yeah, but not very good. Not, it's not very good cricket, mate. Oh, <laughs> on that note... <laughs> Lisa can do cream. Have a great weekend. Lisa can do cream tea. Bye, Gary. Cheers, bye. Bye, bye. Tony's still going on about um, as anybody took. Um, in Australia, they call it a double hat trick. Would you believe if you take four wickets in succession, the Aussies call it a double hat trick? What can it be? Well, exactly. But well, that's Australia for you. Picking up a hat trick in cricket is quite rare in itself, but there has been a few instances where bowlers have gone to notch. Um, the next notch and picked up four in four. This feat is so rare it happened only once in international cricket. People often refer to it as a double hat trick. It can't be. <sighs> when, when, in, on what occasion did it happen in international cricket? Then was it an ODI or was it a Test match? Or? Well, I can read all night and not get to the answer. But <laughs> the man that took it was Malinga at. Um, That's his Malinga. Yes, Sri Lanka. So um, I'll let you figure that one out a little bit. Um, when at your leisure, shall we, shall we say, um, the weekend, everything actually pales into insignificance because Amy Hunt is at the European Under Twenty Championships. You know, you know the forecast is shocking. Not where she is. Well, uh, where is she? I think it's um, Norway, Denmark. Oh yeah. Well, well, here it's gonna chuck it down all day until until. Between 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock, it's going to be thunderstorms, and then it's going to be torrential rain until the early morning. Tony, you've normally finished your match by half past three. Well, you know, it's only when I'm umpiring. Yeah, that's a doom and gloom forecast. In reality, we might we might get the odd shower, so... <coughs> I hope we do get another cricket Saturday, because it is now... Yeah! 
it's boiling up. Flintham, Bolton twos, potential champions. I want to see Bolton stay in Division A. Desperate from staying in Division A, and the way they're setting the stall out, that's exactly what what is going to happen. I, I, I just wanted to butt in uh, about uh, Bolton being librarians. It's a pity Tim wasn't when he got his 50, really. <laughs> I, th I thought I'd leave that, you know. <laughs> uh, they did go a bit quiet. They went a lot quiet. Um, <laughs> football, of course, is um, whatever you think, well and truly with us, isn't it? Mm. Um, don't like it. Don't think it's right. Just cannot get enthusiastic about it from my point of view <coughs> I wish I'd have known the fixtures a bit earlier then I could have gone with the programmes that suddenly you've got half an hour to do for both but um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll manage uh, well, you have to understand why they can't be any earlier mm. maybe if they started the season a little bit later it would give everybody more time it's just a shame that they've decided to build houses at the same time that Flo serve have reached the big time, but um, mm. the parking's going to be the main problem rather than doing programmes this season. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. Flo serve travel to get in minors welfare, which on paper ought to be a stroll in the park. Went there in the league last season and scored seven, so it should be. Mm. On paper. Although, getting friendly so far this season tells me they're going to be a lot better proposition in these Midlands Council in the world last year. They were a very nice club when we went there last season. So, um... You know, I think you'll see some new faces at Gedlin I've, on Saturday. I've got a lot of respect for that club. Good, good lads. <laughs> Newark Town, as we've said, travel to Radford. Um, what game for them? When do Newark Town play their home game against Gainsborough Trinity? Either the next Wednesday or I think the Wednesday after. Because that'd be worth uh, yeah. going to. And, um... Assuming it goes ahead, Collingham entertained Retford, and I think that is on Friday night. Tomorrow night. Oh, that's, that's um, a good game. I am just going to double... I would urge everybody to double-check on that one, but that's what my list says. But my list may not be... That's a good game with Mr Hyde's connections, isn't it, for the two clubs? Yes. Uh, my list may not be right. So, um, we'll talk about all those on Monday night. Um, <coughs> sometime over the weekend, we'll be telling you our Amy Hunt got on or more to the point how much you won by <coughs> um so we'll do all that um and that leads us to next week when once again you're having a night off am i mm -hmm. oh yeah tuesday yeah. you're having tuesday yeah. off and on tuesday um james brinkat smith oh no is he's not coming on tuesday coming in to see us oh, yes. I'll, I'll, well i'll have to bring um, his dvd in on monday night then james um had a lovely story he told us, didn't he, about how we struggled when he came out of the forces. Yeah. And our sport, um, saved the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and James has now got a world championship <sighs> powerlifting bronze medal to put round his neck. And, uh, that's absolutely wonderful. And he's coming in to tell us all about his trip to Japan on Tuesday night. But you're not going to be here, so... Yeah, well, it's it's unfortunate that um, you know the uh, <coughs> um, I, I won't be here when James when, when when James is here because before before he left for uh, his wonderful trip to Japan, he actually gave me uh, a, 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 a DVD compilation. So I'll have, I'll have to get that to you on Monday night so I can get it back to him in my absence. Wednesday night we're having a little bit of a a special, and I'm just taking everything out of the show because. The leader of NSDC, Councillor David Lloyd, is coming in to see us. 
I've been reminded already by the hierarchy at this station that we're a sports show. Um, but I'm totally ignoring that. Um, <coughs> I want to ask Councillor Lloyd one or two sport-related questions. And if anybody wants to send a question in, you know how to Facebook us. Just do it. Um, lose connections to sport, please. Um, I want to know, at the moment, um, <coughs> many people are up in arms in Cedar Avenue, in Lincoln Road playing fields, in Walford Avenue that the little green spaces that we all played on as kids seem to be disappearing. And I know it's not all NSDC's fault, I appreciate that, but <clears throat> I want to talk to Councillor Lloyd and find out what NSDC are doing about losing the green spaces that we can play football and cricket on, because that doesn't seem to come into it anymore. Uh, we also want an update on New York Hockey Club, New York Lawn Tennis Club, the stadium, because that is going for houses, end of. But we want an update on that one. Why do we need more houses when there's everywhere you look there's houses being built? You can tell us that one. And I want to know what's happening in and around low fields. Because if they put 300 houses up in and around low fields, I want to know how the people of Orton Lane are going to get on with a road up which is already over capacity with flow save down there attracting 300 plus people and 300 odd houses down there either Staple Lane or Horton Lane is going to be an absolute nightmare and Staple Lane to get out of is a death trap at the moment so Councillor Lloyd has very kindly said he's going to come in and have a chat with us and that's where the questions are coming from loosely sport related so that should be great fun as i've already said that the um podcasts will be up over the weekend the one that you missed on tuesday night kate the skydiver tony if you can grab an hour to listen to that one absolutely fascinating story from a young lady that's jumped out of a plane 1741 times absolutely amazing and it's uh she's had some wonderful stories to tell so that was Kate and she's going to come in and that one so there you go you're umpiring Saturday I assume or footballing what are you no, doing no I had a word with uh, the second eleven umpire <laughs> and with the football season now upon us I've decided my cricket season has got to end so I can spend my next two Saturdays working on programmes so you're not going to see the football match then no I'm not going to see football I'm going to be at my desk doing research about FA VARs and all the rest of it good lad Coming up next, the wonderful Dean Anderson and the team. I think there's a bus in the car park, there's that many of them out there, but uh, Dean's on his way. <laughs> 